30, 35, 40, he's the midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Spasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 81st episode of the podcast on November 28th, 2014. The number 81, famously or infamously, however you like to put it, worn by Terrell Owens on the National Football League wide receiver for many years. Oh, and different teams started with the 49ers, and then when he moved to... The Eagles had some time with the Cowboys and Bengals. I think he ended the career. He had quite the career. Yeah, he did. And he's going to be on that new reality show. That oh. I, just saw, I just saw an advertisement for. I cannot remember what it's for, but I know that uh, what's what was her name? Kate. Um, oh, I can't remember her last name. Kate Upton. Yes. Yeah, she's going to be on it. And what? Yeah, there's just like a bunch of different... Oh, I guess they oh, need oh, money. Oh, um, oh, what's his name? The guy that did the... I don't know why I always think of the parrot in Aladdin. Like, oh, Gilbert Gottfried? Gil- <laughs> yes. And I'm like, well, I know I would only last like a week. I'm on a reality show. With T.O. Oh, boy. And he's going to hand out Sharpies and sign things. No, he's uh, quite the figure. Very you know, talented during his he playing is- days, but... Is he actually? Is he actually uh, in the Kingdom Hearts stuff? Was he? Did he record lines for that? Errol that... Owens? <laughs> no, Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> they they may that. have gotten like a, a similar voice. I don't know okay. if he actually is. <laughs> I'm just wondering if somebody could actually simulate his voice. No. <laughs> I'm sure someone can. <laughs> I'm just thinking T.O. in yeah, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I mean, that's the secret. It's a secret right there. Oops. You gotta close. do so many you know, <laughs> combos in a row. Yeah, this, this isn't working. <laughs> well, Joel, it's been uh, quite the interesting week. I hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving with your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was pretty good. You know, ate a lot of food. Tried to mm-hmm. pace myself so I didn't like have a terrible stomach ache. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, naps in between. And just, just you know, kind of enjoying it. There's There's... Some good football going on, and uh, I'm excited for more football tomorrow. Right. Before we get to the the you know, covering of the Thanksgiving games, though, let's talk about you know the college football, the top four teams. Uh, and actually, there's not much to talk about because they stayed exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, we have Alabama at number one, and what they played Western Kentucky or Western Carolina. Like, who, oh yeah. Who really cares? That's they always seem to have. One of those type of games this time of the year. Yeah, yeah, they got to you know, prepare themselves for the Iron Bowl this week. Mm-hmm. I believe Oregon was off, if I remember correctly. Florida State had Boston College in one of our pick six games, and oh boy, we'll talk about that one. And then Mississippi State just crushed Vanderbilt. It just it wasn't even close. So really, the discussion was like the undefeated record is really the only thing keeping Florida State in the discussion. Because, yeah, that's, they can say that they are the only Power 5 team to have not lost a game this year. Uh, because, you know, we also had another undefeated team fall just today, but 
they weren't in the Power Five. They, they're they're kind of like uh, I mean the way that they win games. It's kind of like uh, watching Auburn play, right. right? Yeah. You know they kind of uh, you know might have to score a lot of points, come back near the end of the game, and it's impressively <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, we just had Marshall fall today. Um. Yeah, they lost in overtime. You know. Western Kentucky led. I mean, they led that that game by like I think twenty eight at one point. Mm. Um, And Cato, you know, he might have had. I think he might have had like seven touchdown passes, but he had four interceptions. Now the other kid, he had eight touchdown passes. Wow. So I mean, you know, apparently in his last three games, he's had like eleven touchdown passes, and he's been playing much better than I can't remember his name, but. It was a high-scoring game. I mean, they went for two, Western Kentucky did, in the first overtime. They won 67-66. It's a, it's a high-scoring game. Definitely. I, have, I have a few friends that uh, like in the band down there. Oh, no they, they're like, they were like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. Can't talk sucks. about playoffs anymore. That's oh. for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's going to change at least somewhat. This is the last regular season week coming up before we get – you know, some of the the conference championship games and all that, but it's going to be interesting to see how things morph a little bit because mm-hmm. you do have TCU and you have Ohio State still kind of knocking on the outside. Uh, you know, TCU winning their last game, I believe, against Texas, you know, just yesterday. Yeah, um, uh, it looked it looked much better than they did, uh, you know, against Kansas. Right, right. Um, so I think the best thing that you could say for them is that they're done, and they just get to watch everybody, you know, at least for this week, watch everything happen. Yeah. yeah. And then o- Ohio them, State so. gets Michigan this week, and then they'll get the Big Ten Championship game, likely against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I saw an interesting article about, um, you know, as far as the conference thing goes, if Baylor, you know, if Baylor and TCU both win all their games, then, like, technically, Baylor would win the conference. Hmm. But yeah, that's true. the question is, how much does um, the playoff committee factor in Baylor's loss to us compared to TCU's loss to Baylor? That's a really interesting thought. Huh. Um, so, like, as far as, like, if that playoff spot was there, you would think, oh, you got to give it to the conference champion. But you've got this situation. It's, it's, yeah. It's a new way of doing things. They just, they need to, they just need to get two more teams in the conference to have a of a conference championship game. Yeah. Uh, the Thanksgiving NFL games were yesterday. There's three of them, so you get the, the normal one at the 12.30, you get the 4.30, and then recently you've been getting also the 8.30. So yeah. it's been on NFL Network. They now have it on NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one was on CBS. It was the Detroit Lions hosting the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, The Lions really needed to get a win on their backs after you know tough road losses against Arizona and New England. Uh, got the offense going again. It, I think it's more just Chicago's not that good. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to you know Detroit being on fire. They haven't scored a rushing touchdown since week seven. Uh, that's that's pretty damn. Yeah, it, it was good to see Calvin Johnson. It, it was. Yeah, you're, play, yeah. I mean, play like people expected him to play, you mm-hmm. know. And Alshon Jeffrey had a hell of a game for Chicago, he too. He did, yeah. Uh, in, in Dallas... With, against Philadelphia, uh, that was a dismantling of the Dallas Cowboys at home. They've lost their last three at home. Uh, you know, you know, Philadelphia gets, I believe, to go to 
Seattle or host Seattle, either one, uh, next week. So, you know, the NFC East is, of course, certainly not a done deal. But that was not a good showing by them Cowboys in no. Jerry World. And 33-10, I believe. I mean, it's, is it like, did, did we really expect this, you know, butt fumble to <laughs> be the the guy right there at least in this situation like i mean he's really taking advantage of it and i, I mean he's only you gotta think at least when the off season comes around he might earn himself a, a spot somewhere well, that's possible i mean yeah two years ago two thanksgivings ago it was mark sanchez for the jets and the butt fumble yeah uh now we look it's come very a long good way. very good yeah. for philadelphia Strong one for the Eagles, and then at night uh, it's Seattle really is getting back into form, looking for that a deep playoff run. Uh, Your defense they, just looked great. Yeah, they just dismantled San Francisco, and uh, here in Michigan, you know those Wolverine fans, myself included, think you know, oh, as much as the Forty ers continued to struggle, that might just increase the chances mm-hmm. of Jim Harbaugh coming to Michigan, especially if. You know, Michigan suffers the loss against Ohio State tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably would not make the bowl game. Uh, that was, you know, this last past week's game that they really could have set themselves up for that. And then that means they don't have to spend a month preparing mm-hmm. for something as meaningless as a lower-tier bowl game. Uh, so that they could make the move sooner than later. It's going to be very interesting to see how all that shakes out. But, yeah, Seattle is looking pretty legit after some questionable losses earlier this year. I mean, how do you – okay, because, like, how do you feel about the AFC West? Like, mm. I just – I was just – like, the other day I was just kind of, like, looking at it and I'm like, I don't, that kind of feels to me like the best division in football. The AFC or the NFC West? The AFC West. AFC West. Well, the, yeah. the Oakland Raiders – Really do bring that division down. Yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like those. I feel like those three teams in particular, at the t- like at the top, could go beat anybody. Hmm. I would say almost that more with the NFC West. Yeah. The way the Cardinals are playing right now, and Seattle's joining them right back there. San Francisco on a good day can take down anyone, and we've seen mm-hmm. St. Louis, you know, even shock people despite the fact that they're on you know their second, third string quarterback, what have you. So. Mm-hmm. I'd still pull for for the NFC West because Oakland really is the weak straw. I mean, they almost blew their first win this past week by you know mm-hmm. celebrating in a ridiculous fashion and almost being drawn off sides if a timeout weren't called. That would have been ridiculous. I mean, I guess when you think about it, the when it does come to that fourteen, that's probably where I would you know straight up give them the advantage because. Yeah. You know, we've seen what they that that team could do. We've seen what the Rams can do. Mm-hmm. A good day. So. Well, on the AFC North, you have the Baltimore Ravens, who had released running back Ray Rice earlier this year after the NFL had a bunch of issues trying to communicate and control the messaging and public relations of the domestic incidents or <laughs> incident rather that Ray Rice had for himself so now it looks like ray rice has won the appeal of the his suspension from the nfl essentially and he could sign with any team 
should any team want to pick up the phone and say, hey, Ray, why don't you come back and play? Now, the Joel, the question is, would any team want to? I mean, is like the the need for a running back, does that really outweigh the um, the absolute controversy that he would bring in if you actually had him on your team mm. at this point? Yeah. Considering that the we have to think about like the NFL's image as it is, like you don't really want any more. I think at a certain point, you know, people were they were like not only happy that you know he finally was like done. We didn't have to we we didn't have to talk about him mm-hmm. for a while, and and for the NFL that's good because again we can talk a lot about how many times they screwed up right. with this whole situation, right. um, and you know the NFL themselves doesn't want to have to deal with it anymore. <laughs> they want to just move on, but they can't. I mean, yeah, can't, I mean, the legal so. process allows them to come mm-hmm. back should a team choose. Uh, what's also interesting is Janae Rice's his wife and then fiance at the time when she was struck in an elevator on video. Uh, apparently she's quoting in this ESPN article, We got into the elevator and what happened inside is still foggy to me. The only thing I know, and I can't even say I remember because I only know what Ray has told me, is that I slapped him again and then he hit me. I remember nothing else from inside the elevator. The next thing I do recall is being inside the casino lobby surrounded by cops. I said to one officer, that's not us. What do you mean? There were no marks on my face or body. I felt perfectly fine. I was in complete shock. Basically, she's saying that she's never seen abuse in as a victim or seen in her family. You were knocked out. You were knocked out. Like, video doesn't lie. It, it's, it's amazing. She needs to see a psychiatrist or something. Get a clue. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if she's, if she's honestly... I, don't, I mean, I guess some people can, can be that clueless, but, like, I don't know what she's thinking anymore. And Ray just needs to know as a man, like... If, if your wife is slapping you, you got to do something. I know you're in an elevator, but do something else to control the system. I mean, mm-hmm. or grab her wrist. Like, don't hit her back. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just uh, uh it's just crazy. Congratulations to Decaf seventy eight. David's been on the show before. The Arizona Wildcats knock off the rival Aztecs of Arizona State at home in Tucson, going to the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. It is official. Congratulations. That's, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, it's going to be really exciting to see you know, some of these things start to unfold. And uh, you had Mizzou just barely you know, beat Arkansas today. So it looks yeah. like they're representing the SEC East. Yeah. Which is... Surprising, because you know Georgia's playing really well right now, but they had that tiebreaker. Yeah, it's you've got you got a lot of interesting tiebreakers all over this place. Like even if you look in the different conferences. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so let's see. And then uh, UCLA got upset by Stanford. Yep. So looks like Arizona's probably gonna be playing Oregon. And yeah, rematch. Rematch. We saw what happened last time. You got to implement a different game plan. I, I would definitely fun. say that. Uh, at least this time, it's going to be a lot harder to get pressure on uh, Mariota uh, right. because uh, I, I think the time, the last time they played, 
that offensive line for Oregon was completely different. Mm-hmm. Like they had a bunch of guys in there playing for hurt starters. So it will be exciting to watch, though. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it. I just think it'll be great game, especially considering all the offensive talent on both of those teams. Major League Baseball free agency continues, and the Boston Red Sox made the biggest moves, mm-hmm. uh, acquiring Pablo Sandoval, Kung Fu Panda from the <laughs> World Champion San Francisco Giants. Uh, so that shores up their third base, which has been you know weak on the offensive front for a while. Also getting Hanley Ramirez, I believe yeah. he was with the uh, the White Sox, and that sets up their shortstop position. So we, you still have Pedroia there at, at second base. The Red Sox making good moves, good moves. And I think they've got to figure out what to do with their pitching staff, though, because letting some of their pitchers go and you know they're trying to see if they can get Lester back. Uh, you know, Lackey's also out there who they – let go of the trade deadline. I think that's what they have to really focus on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, that continues in baseball. And then basketball, we're about 15 games in, and the Philadelphia 76ers have not won a game. Uh, they, <laughs> I like I like how I was looking at articles for this, and the first one that pops up is, at 0-15, the 76ers are perfect at the art of tanking. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just don't have the talent, and they started something off pretty pathetic last year, like 0-12, 0-14, whatever it was. So doing that in back-to-back years, uh, it's, it kind of shows you where that franchise is. It's not good. Yeah, so, I, and I mean, you know, honestly, uh, the more and more that I've watched Kentucky <laughs> this year uh, in college basketball, um, I actually think that if they played a number of games... Uh, at least maybe one or two of them would be close, mm, yeah. I think. I don't necessarily know if they'd win, but the more I've watched them and the, and the more that I hear about the 76ers, it's just kind of surprising. It is interesting to note that they, in, you know, in this last game, they kind of were come back on. Yeah, so. right. And then that rushing record, uh, last quick hit here, the rushing record in college football for the single game, you, know, you had Melvin Gordon a couple weeks ago get 408. <laughs> And that was a 15 at least year record standing, and uh, <laughs> you didn't even have it for a full seven days. Oh, as Samaje Pirine, the freshman stud running back from Oklahoma, gets 427 against Kansas. Yeah, and it was after Kansas. Uh, really, uh, the, I believe they beat Iowa State. Mm. Uh, it was on most points they had beat a team by in a long time. Right, and then. They took TCU, I mean, to the wire. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and then, you know, immediately after that, that, that happens. Um, you know, I mean, he's he looks like he's going to be very, very good. Um, you know, regardless of the fact that it was Kansas, when we played him, he had a career game, too. I mean, oh, wow. he came out and ran, like, I, I want to say he was probably over 250 yards. Mm-hmm. And that was on the road, too. So, I mean, he... He looks like he's going to be very good. Like I would be very excited about that if if I was an Oklahoma fan. Five touchdowns. I mean, Melvin Gordon, you know, ran for over 200 yards again. He's making a case to be up there in the Heisman finalists for sure. Uh, but the record falls after less than a week because yeah, Melvin Gordon was playing in the the 3:30 time slot game, and Oklahoma had the 12. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Oklahoma has a history of, you know running backs coming through there you talk about adrian peterson when remember when he was like was it when he was a freshman he had like a crazy year there something like that yeah yeah and i think i think that was he had a heisman finalist on the i always remember with him i always remember with adrian peterson 
you know, watching him play, and like I'm like, oh, I've been hearing good things about this Adrian Peterson guy. So I, I turn on the like an Oklahoma game, and it's like the first rushing play that I'd watch. Adrian Peterson, he broke this big rush going for a touchdown, and just at the goal line, he got tackled, and that's what he broke his <laughs> collarbone on. Oh, like, that was the first man. Adrian Peterson carry I saw. Like it was really impressive, and then it's like, oh, that injury now. <laughs> Oh, and then uh, he's I remember, done his own injury to his career. So, you know. was it Michael Bush at Louisville? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh gosh, no, no, no. <laughs> he was talented too. Uh, Didn't have much of a career in the NFL, but no. Yeah. Anyway, let's recap last week's college football games very quickly. He had Minnesota at Nebraska minus ten and a half, and Minnesota's been playing some good football lately. They come back, they beat the Cornhuskers twenty-eight twenty-four. I kind of feel like uh, with Nebraska, um, you could kind of see it near the end of this game, uh, in this game in particular. Um, kind of felt like Wisconsin, that loss is sticking with them the rest yeah. of the season. And when we talk about this week's games, we'll, we'll explain more with that. Right. Arizona at Utah, minus four. And we now have the, the Pac-12 South champion Arizona Wildcats. They just dominated Utah. In Utah, forty-two to ten, very impressive. Yeah, and they really continued that over in this week. Now yeah, Boston they looked much more impressive than an undefeated team that we know, right? Because <laughs> Boston College <laughs> went to Tallahassee to face the Florida State Seminoles, minus nineteen. Florida State is a great kicker. Uh, it misses a field goal in the rain to try to win, and they somehow get the ball back and try again because Boston College couldn't do much of the ball. Florida State needed a last-second field goal to beat Boston College at home. Yeah. And, and they were well losing. The was a fine, or winner from last year. Kick it. They were losing. <laughs> it's crazy. You wonder if the fix is in, if it's the team of destiny, what have you. Oof. I just think they're frauds. Yeah. The other thing that was brought up from this game in particular was the, um, the thing with Jameis Winston and... Wanting to snap the ball, oh, but not goodness, let, you yeah. know, you have to let the defense, if you're going to sub, which Florida State did, you have to let the defense sub. Um, the issue that came up here is that usually the ref stands um, over the ball, uh, like a certain way, <laughs> uh, usually in front of the center. That's what he, he does. But he was standing in between the center and the quarterback trying to hold up the play so that the defense could sub. You usually don't see that. But but besides the you know that's besides the point. Jameis Winston kind of shoved him out of the way <laughs> in the you know in the process to try and get to the ball and snap it. I've seen people get thrown out of games for touching the referee. Yeah, it was barely. So you know you can make all these arguments. You know most of the people that are going to make these arguments are Florida State fans. I'm mm, sure. sure. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, all of them say, "Oh, we got a bunch of bad calls during the game." This is not a bad call. This is. They didn't make the call. They didn't make the call that they need to make. How does it not? And the thing is, if it's like some other player that nobody knows of, they probably make that call. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I don't. For the degree that he put his hands on the official? Yeah. It, like, it is stressful to have to talk about this kid every week. I know. <laughs> There's something. Like, even why can't we just have games, regular games? Oh, my gosh. Just gotta go it doesn't to help the impression already, that people think you know, that the fix is in. That, yeah, no, you know, it, it really doesn't. All the Florida State gets to try to make a it comeback. It really doesn't. 
I'm under the impression that if they go to the playoffs, it'll figure itself out. But because uh, I think there'll be some decent teams around them. So. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though. They they play a rivalry game this week, and we'll get you talking about that soon. Ole Miss at Arkansas, I called it. I got to say, I called it. Did. Yeah. Arkansas, they've been feisty at Definitely. home. Ole Miss, you know, coming off some, some tough, tough weeks, and didn't think they would lose like this. Uh, Arkansas pitched a 30 nothing shutout. I, I, I think the defensive performance is probably the most surprising thing. Yeah. And just Bo Wallace just looked like he didn't have much of a clue at all for Ole Miss. Uh, very surprising there. Baylor got off to a fast start. They were playing Oklahoma State in Waco. 27.5 point favorites were the Baylor Bears. <laughs> just these do deep pass plays right at the beginning. And <laughs> Baylor was like they were off and running, but you know they let up at the end of the game. They get some garbage points in there. They win 49 28. So you win by 21, but they needed that extra touchdown to cover the spread, and they didn't have it. Considering all the teams that have blown Oklahoma State out this year by more points, I'm kind of surprised they let up, or if they were even trying to let up, or, or what what was going on there, because they need to win games big right now. Mm-hmm, yep, they need, they need those to, style they points. They need to keep themselves in the mind of the playoff committee, Definitely. is what they need to do. And they'll have, I mean, they do have Kansas State still, so... They have another chance to impress everybody if they mm-hmm. if they want to. That's true. USC at UCLA minus three and a half. Uh, UCLA at home. They were impressive. Thirty-eight twenty. Yeah. Not too much to speak about in that game though. It's <laughs> no. just a, a solid win. You had Louisville going to Notre Dame as the Irish were three and a half point favorites, and Louisville won that one. Thirty-one twenty-eight. Maryland came to Michigan, who were five point favorites, and I told you. I, Take, taking Maryland because it's just Michigan would be better if they lose, but not like that. Not when you have a fourth quarter lead and you're up by seven, and Maryland just scores two touchdowns on you, and they're almost you know lifting Randy Edsall you know, off the field, like yeah, a no. great program win for them. Not like that, not yeah. like that. But now Michigan goes to Columbus and. You know, they would still need one win to be bowl eligible, but you're not going to get it against the Buckeyes. So, uh, so Maryland, 23-16. Mm-hmm. That yeah. night on uh, last Thursday, we were also recording just before, or no, it was the day before? Yeah, just before the, the, day the, before, yeah. the West Virginia game hosting Kansas State, and uh, mm-hmm. that was a tough one. Yeah, um, I, I honestly think that, uh, think that Clint was hurt in the TCU game and has just kind of been playing with it. Because I, I, you could just kind of tell something was up with him. Yeah. Something like, and they they still think it's like a head injury or something like that. So that's kind of you know I'm sure that he's not going to start tomorrow. Right. Um, but so you know he's out of the game. Our starting slot receiver gets knocked out of the game with a head injury, and then our one of our starting cornerbacks uh, is out for the rest of the game. So uh, let's see. When was it? Sometime in the third quarter, Clint goes out of the game, and we bit, we bring in the backup who is not the guy who started the year at backup. Uh, that guy, I believe, had a medical red shirt because mm-hmm. he hurt himself in practice or something. Um, so then there's this kid, uh, Skylar Howard, who um, actually you know throws for two touchdown passes and gets us back in the game. Um, 
And if we if we kick a field goal, or or don't turn the ball over once out of the four times we did, yeah. um, like we turned the ball over on the two yard their two yard line uh, near the start of the game, mm-hmm. um, we probably beat Kansas State, which is hilarious. Um, so is it? I mean, it was like watching the TCU game again, very right. much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, you know. It's cool to see us playing close with all these ranked teams, but it'd be nice to win a few more. Well, they did get a couple wins though, uh, already on the on the year, and that's that's really good. And then you get Iowa State to wrap up the year, so yeah, makes so you get it, the easiest team. Makes it easy. <laughs> in the NFL, you had Detroit go to Foxborough with the New England Patriots, who are just on a roll, uh, favored by seven, and New England rolls thirty-four-nine. Uh, that was just uh, it was a game. Pretty uh, sure it was a game. I'm glad Detroit got the win at home against Chicago, and New England continues to be on a roll. Now, uh, another NFC North team plays the Patriots this week, and we'll talk about that one because that is, who oh boy, that's a great matchup. Oh yeah, this week a lot, a lot of people. Those are now their two new Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah they're, they're playing the best right now. Cincinnati at Houston minus one for the Texans. Cincinnati gets a good win on the yeah. board, twenty-two to thirteen, keeping their Hope's life. I mean, that that AFC North. You're not talking about best divisions. Look at that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have I think it's Cincinnati leading the division at seven three and one, and then the other three teams are seven and four. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty solid. That makes a good case for you know the best teams. You're all like very all good, not mm-hmm. elite. None of those teams are elite in the conference or even the, the league. But I think it's like they could lose anyone or beat anyone. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just, but then you're airing mostly on the, the positive side of 500, which is a good thing. I mean, yeah. it's not like the NFC South where you have two teams tied at 4-7 and seven leading the yeah. division and one of those teams is going to make the playoffs, likely. Uh... Or, you know, you have the Buccaneers who are only two games back at 2-9. and nine. Ah. Mm. Boy, Arizona at Seattle though that was going to be a really good game. Arizona was you know one of the hottest teams coming into that week, going to Seattle with the twelfth man, who were favored by six and a half points, and we're like that seems like a lot for the way these two teams have been playing. But ugh, Seattle started to kick it in high gear. I mean, they won nineteen to three yesterday against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They won nineteen to three against Arizona. That's all they got to do is just score a few points and let their defense take over at this point. No kidding. Denver played expectedly, unexpectedly close with Miami, uh, thirty-nine to thirty-six when they were seven-point favorites at home. But a win's a win. They keep it going. Yeah, they have they a big matchup this win. week. Yeah, they just needed to win, and it's a big matchup this week for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Dallas at the New York Giants plus three, and the Cowboys did get exactly that three. Oh. And for us, that counts as a point. <laughs> That counts as a win. But, uh, but what was everyone really talking about after this game? The greatest catch of all time! I, I mean, you talk about an agent probably fielding more phone calls in his <laughs> life after one play. I'd, I'd say that uh, somebody made a lot of money with that one single Sure, game. not David Tyree <laughs> in the Super Bowl when it meant more. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. made an amazing catch. It was uh, fantastic. The falling backwards, the one-handed behind him to pull it in, to have the feet awareness to stay in bounds and fall into the end zone, to break the pylon and all that. But it didn't mean anything. Uh, well, no. And the, the the problem with it is that 
you know, he had a great first half, but they, I mean, they pretty much shut him down in the second half. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, I mean, that's the reason they lost. If they had been able to keep finding him, I think they would have won. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it's a very technically impressive catch, but the context just is meaningless, yeah. unfortunately. And so that's why you know, some people are like, eh, not really the best catch ever. But then you had Baltimore at New Orleans on Monday night, which was kind of overshadowed a little bit. I mean, you had the, the Saints favored by three at home. And they end up losing because Baltimore gets that win to have a very impressive AFC North record still, 34-27. But then you also had the Bills and the Jets playing in Detroit because of the nearly six feet of snow in Buffalo just making the game there unplayable. Definitely. So that was interesting. So you had two Monday night games, and, and that one with the, the Bills and the Jets wasn't on TV. No. Just, just not nowhere. I'm like... I would have wanted to see that. I had friends go down to the game because mm-hmm. it was in Detroit, and they had essentially almost giving away tickets. But it's nice to see you know people giving Detroit you know kudos for their support and how they handled the event, and you know, then turning right around and getting set up for Thanksgiving. So mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 nice to see. I, for the first time in three football seasons on this show. Went seven and zero for college football. It feels good. Yeah. It feels good. If I had picked the extra point, I would have missed that one because I think we had Notre Dame. Hmm. But picking the Michigan game and then the six, seven and zero, seven zero. Feels good for this week. Can't replicate it this week, but feels good right now. You got four and three. You're on the positive side of five hundred. I don't know how to segue <laughs> from that one. Uh, but then in the NFL, I was three and three, and you're two and four. It was just kind of a, a middling. I mean, Miami and Denver, like you don't see that one happening. And nope. New Orleans for as good as they are at home. Baltimore yeah. for how they were playing. Usually those are like kind of locks with their the spreads they give you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's pick the games this week. We start with the game. It's the Michigan Wolverines going to Columbus to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Minus 20 and a half. Um, I'm going to take Ohio State. I I just don't think there's much left in the tank for this Michigan team. Ohio State needs to put on as many style points as they can. Urban Meyer knows that they will do so and will... Have them do so, ready to do so. Would would this be like one of the bigger upsets in the rivalry's history? If, if... um, no, I think they were bigger. I think there were bigger, but this would be pretty significant. This would be a yeah. very, very I mean, just one. considering what could be on the line for Ohio State. True, and then you do have the the job of head coach for Brady Hoke on yeah. the line, essentially in this game. Uh, He's definitely. Rehearsing for next season, he could be gone by Monday. At this point, so he could yeah. very well be gone by Monday, and that would be something. Um, but yeah, I'll take I'll take Ohio State because mm-hmm. they're going to lay on the points. Though I really hope everything's all right with their uh, one of their defensive tackles who has suddenly gone missing. Uh, that you know, is has, not. It's, good. It's, a, it's a strange, strange story that there's talk of you know concussion and. You know, family members have been receiving texts from him while he was on a concussion, and he's usually very, you know, by the schedule, very strict with his schedule. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just apparently went for a walk, and no one has seen him. So mm. all the best to his family. really hope that they can find him. 
Yeah. Uh, at that point, you know, it was just like, what's football when you have things like that yeah. happening? But uh, I figured it'd be worth a mention that, you know, hopefully they do find the kid. Yeah, hopefully. Um, Sorry, your uh, pick then. I'm, yeah, I, I think I'll go with Ohio State. Just because, you know, with the uh, with the question on, like, whether or not your coach is going to be there anymore, um, it's, I usually don't really see those inspiring performances. Yeah. Um, just because, yeah, I mean, these kids that are there, if they're still going to be there next year, they they've got some things to think about. Yeah. You know, once they once they know their coach is going to be gone and then some guy other guy comes in, you might not necessarily fit what he wants to do. Right. And that's going to worry you. And eventually I mean, when when coaching changes like that happen, people transfer. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. So, you know, a lot of these kids this is probably going to be their last time playing under him. I mean, even if he somehow, I don't know. The thing is, even if he somehow manages to win, like, does he stay? I hope not. I really hope not. I think, you know, the the athletic department has to move beyond it. Remember earlier in this year when I was telling you that, like, if Michigan didn't win another game, there was the home game at Maryland that would possibly break the 100,000 mm-hmm. consecutive mark, right? The mark ended up being, like, 101,000 and, and change. And that's likely because, you know, they just... They sold the tickets and they count that, and you know people still didn't show up. If you count people going through the doors, like that didn't pass the hundred thousand. Yeah, you sell them to companies and they right, and and then they fill out from the numbers. Like the numbers sold is what matters most to you know those statistics and standings. But my goodness, that's a close shave, and they have to do something to re-energize that. I was going to say, did you, did you were you able to look and watch the game? Did you could you tell? Uh, there are reports from people who were there that. You know, it just was not as, as full. I mean, it wasn't huh. as bad as, you know, times before, you know, the streak started. Yeah. But you know, it was not 100,000 people there. Huh. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned, like, you know, it's you know could be an inspired performance, you know, playing for a coach for the last time. We'll talk about this next game is a very similar circumstance. But yeah. at least that team had, you know, a very impressive performances, you know, throughout the year at times. Mm. Michigan has not had an impressive win. Unless you count like an Appalachian State, a Miami of Ohio, like yeah. what? Are you, what are you considering? Because, and also, if this spread were twenty-one and a half, I might give pause. Like mm-hmm. you know, three touchdowns, like fine, but that wouldn't cover twenty-one and a half because it's under t- three scores or three touchdowns. I'll take Ohio State. The thing, like a thing that I thought would be really funny is that if 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 the Florida State game was before the Ohio State game and then Florida State <laughs> lost <laughs> and then Ohio State they, they just were all like excited about it they're like yes we're going and then they, and then they get popped like, yeah. yeah like I like I've seen that happen like where teams like are celebrating the stuff and then it comes time for their game and just they look terrible flat, so yeah. I don't know hmm. that'd be funny to see something like that happen but. yeah the Michigan Ohio State game is at noon eastern time on ABC then you get at 3.30 Florida at Florida State minus seven and a half 3.30 p.m. eastern who are you picking Joel um I, I think I mean it's kind of the same situation except you know the, the point spreads closer obviously because I think everyone's caught on to what Florida State does mm-hmm. <laughs> when they play like they just they they don't start games good. They don't start games 
at all, it seems like, until the second half. And then they just really turn things on and look like look like a really, really good team. Um, so, but I don't know. I, uh, I mean, the, you know, I didn't watch Florida play against Georgia. I, you know, I heard that was really impressive and everything, but from all the other games I've watched from them, they always give up like crazy, like fumble touchdowns and kickoff returns and interception returns and just like I, I think that that's just a little too much for them to overcome, especially you know, probably you know, you know, changing coaches too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with Florida State. Florida State, okay. Gators expose the frauds. Will Muschamp is a coach that apparently these kids love to play for, uh, and you know, it's just he hasn't delivered the results. He's gonna be gone by the end of the year. Likely, as we're saying, maybe Dan Mullen or gosh, as heaven forbid, Mitch uh, Rod. I mean, at this point, I, I'm starting to lean more towards Rodriguez, wow. especially if he wins the whole Pac-12. Like, yeah, that'd be something. Like, you can't do much better at Arizona and no. move on to a bigger program. Yeah, ooh, that'd be something. Uh, give me the Gators to upset the Seminoles. I know it's bold, it's ballsy, but the magic can only last for so long, right? I'd love to see it happen. Right. Bring it on. It is It is worth Losing the the picks over at the very least, I'd, I think I'd this gladly is, yeah. go zero seven if it meant all the favorite teams <laughs> lost. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, this is a rivalry game where I, th- I think it can be closer than that. So, at the very least, if Florida State doesn't cover the seven and a half, I'm just cover my bases and say, uh, "Give me Florida." Mm-hmm. Mississippi State at Ole Miss. This is an interesting one. So, this is a situation where if Ole Miss beats Mississippi State, combine that with if Auburn beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Then you have a situation where every SEC team has at least two losses in conference. So will that happen? Mississippi State at Ole Miss plus two and a half. Two and a half points in favor of the Bulldogs at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to take Mississippi State because I said I'm going to have to keep picking Mississippi State if they won that one week and became the number one team in the country. I just think you have a team that's playing better and a defense that's going to give Bo Wallace problems. If Arkansas... (laughs) <laughs> was giving him problems. Watch out for the dogs. Yeah, I mean, especially after last week, I don't know how. You, I mean, you can say it's a rivalry game, but like, I mean, their def—you know, their defense at one point in the season was one of the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. they're they're. I think they're one of their quarterbacks has like eight interceptions yeah. or something like that. Um, but just you know, they got run all over. And they couldn't move the ball at all. So I honestly, you know, at this point, I'd say Mississippi State has a better defense. Yeah. So Mississippi I'm State has to win to stay in the running for the SC West Championship. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that would be clinched by Alabama with a win. But if Alabama lost and Mississippi State won, then they would take it. So mm-hmm. Minnesota at Wisconsin, minus 14 and a half at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh... I mean, it's a it's a pretty big spread there at home. Uh, I, I think were they at home when they played Nebraska? Mm, I don't think they were. Really? Huh. Uh, I'd have to check that. And they must have had a lot of fans travel because when he broke that record, there were a lot of people cheering. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I, I feel like he's probably the difference because you know. Okay, so when when Nebraska played. Minnesota, 
um, the their running back was hurt. Yeah, like he didn't. He wasn't able to play the whole game. Mm-hmm. But oh, you're uh, right. it was in Wisconsin against. Yeah, Nebraska. but uh, was you know, was, you know, he's healthy. He's healthy. I mean, he looks. He's he's trying. He's trying to get more yards. He wants to go to you know. He wants to go to the Heisman ceremony. Um, so they're gonna feed him, you know, a ton, which they should. He's really good. Um, I just, I think Wisconsin, at this point, you know, has a more potent offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, so I, I feel like, I feel like they, you know, even as good as feisty as what I want to say is uh, Minnesota's looked. I think I gotta go with Wisconsin to even like cover the spread, just mm-hmm. being at home and. Uh, the way that their offensive line pushes you backwards, like it's kind of overwhelming. I could see them piling on the points late, just you know, pad the stats a little bit for their Heisman candidate. Mm-hmm. But I think it, I'm, I believe in the feistiness of the Gophers. I've seen it in a few games. Mm-hmm. They they keep it close with Ohio State. I think yeah. they can do the same with Wisconsin. All right. Even if Wisconsin wins by ten, I think I'll, I'll take the uh, the Gophers in the spread. Notre Dame at USC minus seven at three thirty p.m. Eastern time. Usually this is a night game, especially when you're out uh, out west in uh, SoCal. I'm going to take the Irish. Um, yeah, USC at home, sure, but there was there's still some performances, and maybe that was just a, a fraudulent, you know, Florida Florida State team. <laughs> but uh, I, I think. Notre Dame has had you know close games. As long as Brian Kelly doesn't make dumb coaching decisions, I think they can at least make it close with USC. Maybe not yeah. win the game, but make it close. So in the spread, taking the Irish on the road. When USC played uh, Arizona State, they only lost. Didn't they only lose like 38-34, something like that? Something like that, I think, yeah. Yeah, so they definitely played, they definitely played Arizona State closer than Notre Dame did. Hmm. Um, so, you know, just kind of looking at, at the the common opponents that they right, have. Right. It's, it's one thing. Um, but, I don't know. Just there's a lot of a lot of really young players on USC's team. They play a lot of freshmen. Um, so, I think I got to go more with the experience that Notre Dame has. Okay, okay. And it's the Iron Bowl... One of the best endings to a college football game ever last year. I, I remember being in Buffalo Wild Wings and watching it unfold. Not a lot of people there, but enough that the play still went crazy. That that field goal, the ill-advised field goal, long field goal. And all those people back. that went home right before it yeah, happened. taken back for a touchdown. <laughs> Auburn in Tuscaloosa to take on the Crimson Tide, Alabama. Minus eight and a half. Who are you taking this one? It, it, I'll tell you, it's it's one of the better like, um, you know how they did the little advertisements for the mm, game day yeah, games. Yeah. It's one of the better ones I've seen, just because of like Nick Saban's face <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that they have for that, um, and the announcer reaction and everything. It's just pretty amazing. Um, so you, I mean, you got to think that uh, all the Alabama folks are just like still really mad about that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's, it's probably a little bit of motivation for the team, you know. Finish. I gotta. Get, I mean, finish, win, and you set everything up for you, and you could make it to the national championship. So, um, let's see. Where is Auburn? That's the other thing that I wanted to look at. 
Auburn's sitting, I mean, pretty far out there. Yeah. Like, and so they can't really move anywhere from here. Not particularly, but they're still a feisty team. Yeah. I'm still going to um, take Alabama, though. Uh, cover the eight and a half. They're at home. That's been a huge difference maker this year. Yeah, Except I, for, you know, I, yeah, the, like, the one four matchup with Mississippi State where it's, it was closer, but Alabama looks really good in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean, in the first half, Mississippi State couldn't do anything against them. Yeah. So I, I, I'd say that uh, they definitely made them feel uncomfortable. Um, and they've, they've been playing against each other enough now that I got to feel like Alabama has something prepared on defense for what Auburn does. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And I just, I, I kind of feel like Auburn's probably not going to have an answer defensively hmm. for Alabama in this game. Like, I, I don't really know how they're going to stop them. So taking the tie. I'll take, yeah, I'll take them to cover. All right. Extra point this week is Georgia Tech at Georgia. I'm going to take the dogs. Uh, minus 12. I think they can do that. Stop the, the triple option there with the Yellow Jackets. Georgia's, when they've won, they've won impressively, and I think that continues at home. Wrap up the season as against a rival. That's at 12 p.m. Eastern time. But your extra point, you get West Virginia going to Iowa State as 13-point favorites. How do you think that one works out? Um... I think I think even in his first road start he could probably help them cover that spread. Mm-hmm. You've st- I mean you've still, you know, it's one of the last times you can take advantage of the Mitch m- mismatch that Kevin White presents. So, you know, having having to like take two defenders out just to cover him. So that leaves one on one for Mario Alford. Like I, I still like that. Still got a ton of running backs. I mean, he looked good in his first start against a, at least what I assume is a pretty good Kansas State team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that he'll I think he'll look even better against a, like like I said, the the worst team in our conference. Right. So, you think Kevin White goes pro at the end of this year? Um, well, he's a senior, so yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he. I think he's a. Uh, He'll definitely be probably. Uh, he's definitely a one of the top five receivers taken in the draft. Well, there goes. That answers my question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really don't have a problem saying with that. After I've watched him play against the various different defenses, I wasn't really sure like halfway through the season because you know you only play against so many different types. But after I saw him, I mean, I mean, you could even say. You know the first game of the year where they played against Alabama. Right. There's, you know, most of those guys are five star recruits mm-hmm. on the defensive side of their ball. So, uh, and they look pretty silly. The NFL this week. Uh, you know, some teams obviously have already played with Thanksgiving, but we go with Washington at Indianapolis minus ten. Uh, this is. RG3 being benched in favor of Colt McCoy. And it could have been an RG3-Andrew Luck matchup and see where they are now, but RG3's riding the bench. I'm going to take Washington to keep it close. Colt McCoy's already won the one game that he's been involved with or started or whatever it is. 
And uh, Indianapolis is, has a bit of a, a tight division race going on right now. Mm. I think Indianapolis wins. I think it's closer than 10 because that's actually a big spread in the NFL. And I think Washington rallies a little bit behind their new quarterback. Okay. All right. Trying to think, who did who? Let's see. Indianapolis played Jaguars. That's why. The Jaguars. All right. Okay. But I'd say, like, I kind of feel like when you play the Jaguars, like it's, it's like giving you an off week. Almost, yeah. Gets a little <laughs> bit of rest. Um. So I think that um, I think I'll go with Indianapolis. I think because it was the week before that they played the Patriots, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And that was kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that they kind of get back on track, you know, kind of looking like one of the more dominant teams. Home would be the place to do that, absolutely. A couple teams who've been doing better than expected, the Cleveland Browns going to the Buffalo Bills, hopefully with some of the snow taken care of. The Bills are three-point favorites after their thrashing of the Jets in Detroit, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Joel, you pick. I'm going to go with the Browns. Um, the uh, I, I think that they I think they could handle Buffalo. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be able to. Even the Browns as well. They have motivation to keep playing for a division that's very, very close. And Buffalo is after a couple of games back. Yeah, they're 6-4, and four, having a good year. But New England's getting further and further away yeah. in, that, in that mirror. And I'll, I'll take Cleveland to play inspired on the road. New Orleans Saints at Pittsburgh Steelers minus four and a half at 1 p.m. Eastern. The Steelers are another team that plays totally different at home. And New Orleans, a four and seven team that I thought would go to the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl for the NFC, but that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Pittsburgh plays much better at, at home than they do on the road. Mm. I'll take the Steelers to cover four and a half. I can think they can do so easily. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going to have to go with the Steelers too at home. Mm-hmm. New England Patriots at Green Bay Packers minus three in favor of the Pack. First time that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have faced off in a matchup. Period, which is amazing to think <laughs> it about. It is because yeah. one of the two you know, two best quarterbacks really in the league. Who do you have in this matchup? Hmm. I'm, you know, I'm sure like every time we've talked about the Packers, I always feel like them being at home is like a seven point shift. Like a lot of people when they're at home in the NFL, a lot of people see it as like a three point Mm -hmm. kind of thing, especially when you have really good records and stuff. But I always look at that as like a, like an extra Lambo leap every game (laughs) kind of thing. Um, as for why, I don't know. Maybe they just like to. <laughs> so that motivates them to jump in the stands. I think that it would be good for the NFL right now if the Packers won this, like, a close game with them. And the only other thing that I think the NFL really wants um, is for this to be, like, a, just a crazy shootout kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> you know, like a... High quarterbacks 30s. on display, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. You you want both of your your quarterbacks that are just you know putting up crazy numbers. Uh, you know, if either if you have either of them in fantasy, you're just you know you got to win that week, that kind of thing. Um, and so I th- I think I'm gonna take the Packers 
to just like Ooh. barely cover it. And I would love for it to be like a, you know, drive down the field, kick a field goal kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be great, and that'd be what the NFL would want. But I think it's also silly to bet against New England. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I think it, you'd take a lot of risks doing so. And I, you know, luckily did so correctly early in the year before they rattled off all these wins with that big Kansas City win. Or lost rather with Kansas Kansas City won, but New England lost. I'm going to take the pack or the Patriots, the that that PA team. <laughs> take New England on the road. I know it's I should have more faith in the NFC North opponent with the Lions being the hometown team and whatnot. But seeing what they've done to some of these teams as of late and the role that they're on, I'm going to take the Patriots. I it prob I mean probably a game that you know like one turnover. Yeah, it's going to make a difference. So, yeah. Going to be one worth watching for sure. The Denver Broncos go to Arrowhead with the Kansas City Chiefs. One and a half point favorites, those Broncos. I'm going to take Kansas City, though. Arrowhead's yeah. a tough environment to play, and Denver has not been showing themselves to be the dominant team that we thought they were. Kansas City, though, they're they're winning games. They're being impressive, and their home field is a difference maker. So... I'll take the Chiefs to knot things up in the division out in the AFC West. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about the pass rush that Peyton's going to see during this game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be scary. So, I mean, probably a lot of screens to try and combat that. Um, it's just whether or not they can actually give him enough time. Right. If you if you give Peyton Manning enough time, he's going to do whatever he wants. I just don't know if he's like honestly don't know if they can do that. So they're going to have to try and run the ball. They're going to have to, you know, get that screen game going. Mm. And if they can't do that, I, like, I don't know. I don't think they can beat them. Yeah. So um, it's 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 kind of all about uh, Peyton. It's probably gonna have to change the play like three times every play. <laughs> um. I, I think that uh, I'm going to go with Kansas City, too. It's it, being at home, you know, like you said, good home field advantage. Um, and this game's pretty much a pick em. It's like who you think is going to win. So. More or less, yeah. Miami <laughs> Dolphins going to the Meadowlands, take on the New York Jets. Dolphins are seven-point favorites. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets are struggling big. They're going back to Geno, though. It's yeah. Monday night. Who do you have? Um... I I think I'll go with Miami. Yeah. 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 Give me the Dolphins. I know there have been times this year where, like, when we doubt the Jets, like, then they suddenly play well against Pittsburgh, despite Ben Roethlisberger throwing back-to-back games with six touchdowns, which I still don't understand how the <laughs> hell that happened. I'm sure you drives you mad, too. Uh, but there are times when you doubt the Jets, and but when you're going back to Geno Smith, nothing against him, and I'm coming from WVU and all that, but... It's not a situation that's that's a good one in in New York. It's, it's toxic, really. Yeah. And you know Miami's coming in playing close games against good teams. Yeah, I mean we well, we saw you know Sanchez get away from that, and now look at him now. He's in a good situation. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Well, it's going to be a very interesting football week. An extended holiday break with Thanksgiving and all that. Again, we hope you had a wonderful one with your family. Uh, good college football games wrapping up the regular season before you get into you know postseason with conference championship games and 
and getting to playoffs and bowls and all that. And then the NFL is, is starting to come down the final stretch of the last quarter. Should be yeah. exciting. Um, the, when I, so when I was at this, this game last Thursday mm. or the Thursday before that, yeah. um, the, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of his name. Um, their one receiver, uh, Tyler Lockett, who's just, you know, he's one of the best special teams players in the country. Mm. He had 10 catches for 196 yards and a punt return touchdown. So the thing I started to notice, I just started watching him every play. I'm like, wow, this guy's, you know, he's great. Like, I heard stuff about him. But the thing I started to notice is if you play tight coverage on him, he is pushing off, like, every single (laughs) play. Um, And... uh, you know, as the game went on, um, they, they, I mean, they just about threw an interception into the end zone, and one of our defensive backs went up to get it, and he just played defensive back and shoved him out of the way. And, every, I mean, the whole stadium's like, where's the pass interference mm. penalty? And they didn't call it. So the game keeps going on, and, and he is continuously, like, pushing off every... And the thing that I was more impressed with, more than the amazing game, I mean, he single-handedly pretty much won the game because we held them to, like, one yards rushing, like, wow. the whole game. Wow. Um, he, his ability to get away with offensive pass interference was just amazing. Like, seriously, he honestly deserves to be in the NFL just for that. Like, his ability for refs not to call it. It was amazing. I, like I could not believe it. He actually got called once. They actually got him once. Whoa, like, whoa. um, and but I, it was just like I'm like, how is this guy getting away with this every time? <laughs> it was so. I was like, he's kind of like he's kind of like. Uh, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of Tavon Austin, mm. uh, just with his you know, with his play style and the ability to return kicks. So he'll he'll definitely get picked up in the NFL. But, um. Just I I've never seen someone get away with offensive pass interference that many times. Not only that, but Kevin White I believe was called for it twice in the game. Oh, and the way that I always look at it is it's just like basketball. The big guys in basketball, they're quick to call fouls on those guys because when they move their arms, mm-hmm. I mean somebody's gonna fall over or something. Yeah. Even if they didn't get hit, the smaller receivers are able to get away with that kind of thing more because there's less movement mm. in the arms. Yeah. So interesting. Just an interesting thing that I saw. During Something the to keep an eye on as you watch football this weekend. We're going to wrap things up here. With that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Have a good one. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>